mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. He is trampling out the vintage where the grapes of wrath are stored. He hath loosed the fateful lightning of his terrible swift sword. His truth is marching on. Hello. Hello, everybody. Let's see if I still remember how to do this. Anytime I take a day off, I wonder to myself, can I still can I still pull this off? Can I still do it? Well, it's going to be a good test run to see if I've maintained any of my skill because we only have tonight and then tomorrow is the 4th of July and uh, we'll take that one off, but then we'll be back on Wednesday the 5th. And I think that that's going to be uh, just a continuation of what it's going to be a short but really nice week. We've got great guests coming on. We have great topics coming on. I might even drag Jim Lee on the show for a segment on Wednesday night because there's so many crazy stories that have just come out. It's some of them comical. The story about the the uh, the shipping the the tankers, the like the shipping uh, vessels, the freight vessels. Uh, there is ideas out there floating around whether or not we could attach giant kites to shipping containers and all that other stuff and and pull them across the sea there without using gas and all that all the conventional ways of moving a boat around these days so they're trying to reinvent the wheel and 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 uh a kite what is that a sailboat there's that there is joe biden talking about the real novel idea of blotting out the sun again they keep talking about blotting out the sun they uh i, I think it was the the Royals, somebody over there in the UK just unveiled some sort of a climate clock. I guess it's one of those nuclear, you know, how many seconds to midnight, the nuclear holocaust countdown clock. They put these things out there that are supposed to just stay over your shoulder and spook you out constantly. And um, so I figure, why not just pair those together and do a, a set with uh, with Jim on, on Wednesday? And then on Thursday, we've got Walter Zolna on the show. He's a travel vlogger. Really, really wonderful work. And uh, I, I just can't wait to introduce you uh, to him and to learn about his, his work, his travels, the things he's seen, the sights, the smells of nature, where he goes. There's a lot of you out there who have who've, um, rediscovered traveling, and, and maybe this will inspire many of us uh, even more so to go out there and just look around us and um, and have a good time outside. So Walter Zolno is going to be going to be on with us. And then on Friday, I think Matt's going to be in. And we'll we'll finish the the week out like we usually do on a Friday night. I already have a few things set aside for that too. Next week Don Jeffries comes on. Really graceful. Grace is on 2 days after that. She'll do uh, pretty much a live version of something strange is happening in America. She does like these weekly round. I love when she does them. Love when she does them because they're just great, uh, you know, great consolidations of all the big headlines and the strange ones too. You know, you just kind of string string something through and connect them all together. And I think that that's, uh, that's where she really excels. And we'll be doing that on the 12th together. Uh, then after that, we have Michael Collins. The day after Grace is in, Michael Collins from Wandering Wolf Productions 
is going to be calling in to talk about the uh, potentially ancient megalithic structures that he's found in the woods in Montana. Gotten some really um, rich attention from people like Jimmy Corsetti recently, and uh, and we got him on for that. So that'll be good. And then on the and then there's a lot more after that, but I won't I won't bore you because we have so much to do tonight. It's not even funny. All right. So thank you to my sponsors, BlueMonsterPrep.com. Everything that I have said before about them stands true. And all the biggest things that people are going for right now continue to be the biggest things. Emergency food, water, but especially since the, um, the train explosion in Ohio, it's been a lot of gas masks. It's been a lot of two-way radios, uh, all these talks about satellite phones and uh, communication disruption. You've got to build your own parallel systems for everything, not just eating and drinking, communication, first aid, and, uh, and even power generation. And I know that there's been quite a few people in this audience who have inquired and also started the process of getting themselves one of those solar power generators for the house for the house, which is not only huge for making sure that you can keep things refrigerated or other um, vital systems in your house, but it's also huge for not letting people know you have one because it's not gas powered. Therefore, it is not going to be making a lot of noise. So Blue Monster Prep and all of our friends on the affiliates page right there on quitefrankly.tv. Check them out over the holiday break and we'll you won't regret it. No, in fact, you'll thank yourself. All right. Grab bag. Let's go to New York Post. First one up. This is ridiculous. Shoplifting in New York City is so bad that supermarkets are locking up installing anti-theft devices on $6 ice creams. This is the age we live in now. That's a quote. Freeze, thieves. Shoplifters are running so wild in the Big Apple that pints of high-end ice cream now have special locked lids to thwart cold-hearted crooks. The Fairway Market supermarket in the Upper West Side is guarding $6 cartons of Haagen-Dazs with bolted plastic tops, which can only be removed with a device at the register, as the other shops uh, padlocked freezers on the treats. See, that's what I would do. You padlock the freezers. But look at the ones that look at, look. Look, they, those are the plastic lids for the actual Haagen-Dazs pints. Now, if you are going to steal that, I mean, all you need to do is have that in hand. And then you go home and you simply cut the top off. Not even You don't even have to cut the plastic. You just cut the actual paper at the bottom of the plastic all the way around, take it off, and I don't know, you can squeeze all that stuff. Yeah. Put it into a plastic bag and then put it into the freezer. You don't need the top. It's so stupid. Who created this plastic anti-theft ice cream lid? Who created this? I can't even blame them. It's the it's Fairway that said uh, we would like to buy one million of these lids. I just can't believe it. That is the stupidest design. I understand that shoplifting is out of control. It is now uh, culturally appropriate to do. It's encouraged. Um, I understand where we're at right now. And if you are any kind of a shopkeep and you want to stay afloat, then you have to do whatever you can to stop, to dissuade people or to thwart the shoplifting. But this is stupid. Lock it all up. 
lock up the actual freezers. To put the plastic top does nothing to cutting around the edges. This is the age we live in now, unfortunately. This is the New York that we know, said a producer who was shopping in the freezer section on Friday. This has nothing to do with anything other than people coming in and ripping off places that are trying to make money. The cashier told the Post that ice cream is delivered with clear locked lids already in place and that they can be popped off with a round plastic device. Now, if the entire thing, perhaps, was encased in plastic, that's a little bit smarter than having the bottom be all the regular old cardboard uh, packaging. But that's not the case. It's pretty easy to come off uh, to come off with what we use, the worker said. Other Manhattan stores had ice cream under lock and key, including the Dwayne Reed at Broadway and 71st, which fastened the chain across the freezer door with a padlock. The convenience store fastened the chain across the, th- uh, the freezer door with a padlock to protect tubs of briars, along with Oreo cookie ice cream, sandwiches, and other frozen desserts. People used to come in with garbage bags and fill up the garbage bags with ice cream. Clear out our freezers, the employee at the shop said. The Dwayne Reed on East 53rd Street and 3rd Avenue also began padlocking a freezer to keep thieves from snatching ice cream, such as Haagen-Dazs and Magnum Bars. Those are awesome. The Magnum Bars are awesome. They really are. A worker there told the Post, We had to put the locks on because people kept stealing our Red Bull and ice cream out of the fridge. Well... So, I guess um, necessity is the mother of invention. Now France. Some stuff I have to say about France that will lead us into the first half, and then we'll, we'll get that out of the way, and then I want to really hunker down on good old-fashioned summer nostalgia, and we're going to open up the lines. And whatever you want to talk about, whatever you want to say, you can comment about France, you can comment about anything. But honestly, outside of what we're seeing in France, there, it, it's a, a, a delightfully slow news day. I love days like today because then it gives me even less of that tug as far as evaluating what to do with the show. This is a perfect night for call-ins. This is from Zero Hedge. France in crisis for a fifth night. A fifth night as violence spread to neighboring countries. Now, on Thursday evening, George Norrie, when he was on the show, used the, um, the revolution that was brewing in France as an example that we, the people of the world, are rising up and that globalism would not win. At the time, I had not looked into what was going on in France. Well, uh, since looking into it a mere two and a half moments, however long you can measure a moment, that's how long it took, it it was clear that whatever revolution it was, uh, was up to the cultural enrichment variety. It's a color revolution. It is an obvious job that's going on here. But um, whatever the hell you may think is happening, nothing that is going on right now is going to help rid the world of globalism. Now, maybe in some sort of an indirect way, it'll start putting the dire straits that we are in in perspective for many people around the world, especially in in Europe, because as we know, the migrant crises in the Western and the Eastern Hemisphere, very, very planned, thoroughly planned, long time planned, and for very specific reasons. And as I said before, we in the West are no real, uh, we're, we're not too much better off than the East. 
because most of the millions of people who are coming across the southern border are nominally Christian. There's, there's, a, there's a chance that there can be education and enlightenment on that end to what, what's going on here. But there was always going to be an impossible, impossible task for Europe to be able to assimilate the millions upon millions upon millions of Muslim refugees that have been bussed in by the same governments that ruined their homelands. And to say no to it would be, you're a racist, you're a bigot, you're xenophobic. It is the biggest mind F of all time. And of course, all designed to destroy what's left of the West. So when, when Klaus Schwab says stuff like, uh, you know, we're, we're coming up on a time of unparalleled conflict and all that, they, know, they understand what systems, what phases of the plan are about to get triggered into play. And talk about trigger. Pretty much what we had here was a 17-year-old Muslim boy with a long history of criminal behavior finally had his luck run out. He was at a traffic stop. He's not complying with any of the orders. He gets into a, he gets into a point with police where the police are literally on top of the vehicle to try to prevent him from driving off, and he hits the gas anyway, and the, sh- the cop shoots through the windshield, and that's it. Any last one of us would have gotten around through the chest if we acted like this. All right, and it obviously it's just part of the way that this, this person acted as an individual. So what happens next? Well, if you have been conscious at all in the United States since 2012, then you know exactly what happened next. So, um, so let's go into it, shall we? From Zero Hedge. France is in crisis for a fifth night as violence spreads to neighboring countries. Former President Trump was correct about France many years ago when he said, I wouldn't go to France. I wouldn't go to France, he said, because France is no longer France. This world better be very careful and they better get very tough and very smart, he said. As the unrest in France sparked by the police killing of a teenager of North African descent continued for the fifth day, Paul Joseph Watson offered his view of why social unrest was quickly spread nationwide. We had this video in the lineup for last night's, quite frankly, TV, Sunday evening, Frank's Picks. It was a lot of fun. We watched the the Patriot together. And spoiler alert, unlike French officials who blame social media... That's right, Macron is using this as a way to say we need to be able to limit social media access. That the only real reason why they're having so much problem, so much, uh, so much issue, so many issues, not getting a handle on this thing, is because social media is letting uh, too many incendiary messages get out, which is the truth. That's pretty much it. It's the truth. This is what happens when you absorb millions of migrants into a European country at an accelerated rate and pace with zero plan, with zero prospects for ever integrating them, said Paul Joseph Watson. Rioters burned vehicles and buildings and looted stores nationwide for the fifth consecutive night. Police arrested 719 people by the early hours of Sunday, according to the French Interior Ministry. Reuters noted the chaos was less intense overnight compared with the 1,300 people arrested on Friday night that probably already released. Suggesting riots are dying down after more than 45,000 police officers, as well as dozens of military armored vehicles, were deployed across the country to squash the violence. 
President Emmanuel Macron canceled his visit to Germany and met with officials Sunday to develop strategies to suppress some of the worst violence the country has seen since 2018 Yellow Vest protests. Yes, but there was some legitimacy to Yellow Vest. And those had to be suppressed because it was spreading to Hong Kong. It was spreading all over the place. And then in came uh, COVID. You forget how much that took care of COVID. So here's some of the footage. Just structure fires all over the place. Buildings that, uh, that, that, that supposedly, according to locals, survived World War II without getting flattened have not survived this. So there's just so much. There's so much going on there. Wall Street Silver put out a little bit of a summary of what's been happening. Summary of the fifth nights of riots in France. 871 fires on public roads. 577 burned vehicles. 74 burned buildings. 719 people arrested. 45 police officers and gendarmes. How do you say that? Injured. Sounds like an insurrection to me. Something like that. Now, um, one thing that is different from our situation here in the States is that the dead kid's family uh, actually hates the fact that the shooting is being used to burn, loot, and attack France itself. Because they don't really give a damn about the, the child, all right? I mean, they're stealing everything. They're assaulting people indiscriminately. There's this one horrific, savage uh, video of a, of a man who dared, I guess, protest having his car destroyed. Uh, that was getting passed around on Twitter on Friday night or early Saturday morning. Looked like he had uh, many of his bones broken and his hands cut off like it was Arabian Nights. His hands cut off. He's obviously in absolute shock. Uh, it, it, it was horrible. And of course, the media is split on how to even cover any of this stuff. Many have just refrained from saying much at all. Uh, we are thousands of miles away, so it's easy for the networks to say that it's a civil rights scuffle and then just let it go. But the Bolsheviks, they're out there reveling in the streets like the demons that they are. It's not just, uh, it's not just North Africans and, and uh, refugees from the Middle East. It's the same old white Bolshevik red diaper doper babies, as Michael Savage would call them. Um, and it's, uh, that's that. But let's be honest, it, uh, this was always going to be the end result. This is where we were heading for. This is what we were heading for in post-World War II Europe. And all over the place. This was, I mean, this was the most quiet of reconquering. The most quiet reconquering of a continent that uh, the Barbara learners of the world could have scripted. And when I say quiet, that's not because the invasion hasn't been loud or destructive or violent. Massive. Uh, I mean, you know all the rape statistics. You know about the arson, the murder, the de- the desecration of Christian churches, the the murdering of priests in the middle of mass, all over Europe, not just France. But France has definitely gotten the brunt of it. But just like here at home, none of it is reported. You got to twist arms for details, and uh, if they can sweep it under the rug, they shall. And now, uh, you know, I, I mean, and here's another example for you. It's been three weeks, at most since that uh, that Muslim man with a knife was running around a playground in France stabbing children and their mothers. Thankfully, nobody died, but has it even been a month? Why, 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 weren't, uh, why weren't the Volkswagen dealerships looted when this Muslim man attacked babies with a knife? But when it's a 17-year-old with a lengthy uh, rap sheet, 
using a car to resist arrest when he's put down by police, which I'm surprised that the police are even armed. It's Benghazi. It's five nights of Benghazi. And of course, the answer to that is slightly rhetorical because no one would dare to do anything to upset what is now a deeply embedded foreign army with a 7th century mindset. And again, all done on purpose. All done on purpose. Uh, A little bit more on this on the other side of the opening, and I hope to have you here with me. Don't go anywhere. Hey, am I moving? Heck yeah! Join the Olympics! stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's rock! Just so you know, when we start taking calls in a little bit, we have the number is 914-200-0269. 914-200-0269. That's in a little while. Not now. Not now. But I would love to invite you all to get into Gilded as well, because now we have the lines open there. On-air calls. It's right under chat, frankly. We've got the first-time caller line set up. That's a mainstay. International line for you international callers, especially if you're from France. I'll be looking out there. And then we have the summer nostalgia line for tonight. A great way for me to be able to sift through what kinds of calls and, and, you know, do a little bit more producing without a call screener. So... By all means, um, utilize the Gilded more and more, just like we used to do with Discord, and we'll be back to fighting force before you know it. All right, welcome to the show. It's great to have you on. And it is a Monday night, the night before 4th of July. Yesterday was Independence Day, and tomorrow we're going to be able to observe a fight that was won a long time ago and now must be contemplated again. Uh... Not with muskets, hopefully, but I don't know what the hell's coming our way. Anyway, it's always a good time to be grateful for all the stuff that we can be grateful for, and that list is lengthy. 
a lengthy list of blessings, no matter what you say. I did get a email about the, the stuff going on in France from a friend. And he said to me, Frank, what's alarming is that French police unions threaten to protest if the government refuses to clamp down on the rioting. France is in a state of near anarchy. French police said that they were, quote, at war with, quote, savage hordes of vermin, end quote. This is further decay and one step closer to societal collapse. It will be a long summer in Europe because I know that this is this has been, you know, popping up elsewhere. I've seen a lot of people very upset and worried about what's going on in the Netherlands. While they're closing down family farms in the Netherlands, they're uh, looking to make accommodations for foreigners again. We already know what's going on in Ireland and Scotland, and it's changing the face of Europe all over the place. And again, by people, it's just, it's, it's puzzling. It's really puzzling. So he says, are these controlled, organized rioters attempting a color revolution in France? Absolutely. Now, here's the thing. You can't have a clampdown without mass deportation at this point. You can't. It's either that or a crusade, and you ain't going to be getting a crusade rubber stamped by the Vatican anytime soon, not with that Bolshevik pope. That ain't going to happen. So the problem is um, both the state and it's the invaders. I mean, you can you call them invaders when they've been when you when you welcome and invite an invading force that you know is going to be at odds with your local culture and your local ways of life and it's going to create intense cultural friction. Um, what, what do you what do you even classify them as? But the issue is that you it's the problem with both the state and the new arrivals. The state knew that this was going to come uh, this was going to come at the end. This was coming for all European nations. There was going to be a terrible toll that had to be paid, and it's going. And it's happening now. We're, we're paying our own toll. It's just it's slightly different from what's going on in Europe for all the reasons what we've already said. You can't blame the migrant for taking the free blood money. You can't even take. You can't even blame them. You can't even blame the migrant for coming here and wanting to wreck the place once they arrive. If they know anything about why they're actually even in Europe, then they know that it's these same Western governments that have done untold damage to their homelands and their families that are now bringing them in to essentially wipe out the natives. I mean, especially France. France has left quite a mark in Africa, Libya especially. So, I mean, the... Um, and then, and then what do you have at the bottom of the pyramid? It's the average person again. The average person's mind has been so scrambled by... The, the, by always having to walk through the minefield of class warfare rhetoric and race warfare rhetoric and all that shit, that all those psyops, it is now impossible to get anybody to condemn or support the same things. There's no, there's no possibility for unity anywhere. So that's how I see it anyway. And um, I also like the way that the, the first lady of Syria sees it. This is the last thing I'll do on this, and then we will uh, we'll start shifting gears a bit. Headline from RT, neoliberalism, biggest threat to the world, Syria's first lady says. The first lady of Syria, Asma Assad, visited Moscow this week and her, as her eldest son, Hafez, graduated from Moscow State University. Hafez received a master's degree with honors from the Faculty of Mechanics and Mathematics with, uh, with Asma attending the ceremony. 
During her visit, the First Lady appeared on RT's Arabic Newsmaker program, speaking about cultural exchange students, or issues, close ties between Syria and Russia, as well as challenges to the t- that the two countries face. The two nations have been facing similar problems for decades already, both subjected to mounting foreign pressure, as well as open attempts of economic blockade and efforts to, quote, establish control over them, she said. Quote, however, a universal and large-scale challenge for the world, the whole world, is the threat of neoliberalism, which is being imposed on all peoples. The main purpose of this, of course, is to blur not only national identity, but very human identity, as well as its uh, constituents' elements, such as patriotism, traditions, and customs. They want them all gone, blur all those lines, destroy them all. The traditional values furthermore, are are preserved with the family within the family should become the pillar for quote dialogue between the youth of the whole world Syria's first lady believes that is specifically the case for quote our eastern societies since it is those societies that are directly threatened and at the same time are the most capable to withstand this attack due to the culture morality and values that they have she added the first lady was also asked about the latest developments in russia namely the recent short-lived insurrection by the wagner Group PMC, which occurred shortly before her visit. Asma, however, said the affair did not affect her resolve to visit the country altogether. So, neoliberalism. Neoliberalism. And uh, as for tonight, what are we going to do? Well, we're going to take our minds off of neoliberalism the best we can. Like I said, the lines will be open so you can bring whatever you'd like to the table. Just make sure it's nice and Nice and to the point. The best way you can nutshell it, and we will we'll tackle all things, all topics. I don't care how far how far it gets dragged off course at times, but uh, let's try to stay on topic. And what is that main topic? Well, let's get back to a time when there wasn't any crap going on, at least a time where it was easier to push the crap out of our minds, and that is good traditions, throwbacks to the vibes that we usually got in July, in August, and even early September. Memories from the county fair and summer carnivals. This is what I put up on the Quite Frankly forum on quitefrankly.tv. Now, it doesn't have to be about county fairs and summer carnivals. I'm just looking for something to bring us away to the, the good times of the season. Listen to this. We are building a summertime nostalgia thread with this one, so shower me with stories and remembrances of summer days and nights at county fairs and carnivals. What weird, possibly dangerous rides do you remember? Memories of strange contests like pie-eating or husband-calling contests. First dates? Fist fights, miracles, last summers before college. Douse me with the memories of special foods, music, smells, and people from simpler times. That's what I want to talk about tonight. Okay? So, I'm going to give you some time to think about it. I'm going to go on a really short break just to put a divider in between France and now. 914-200-0269. 914-200-0269. And we're also going to be entertaining calls from the Gilded as well. Go ahead, warm up them carburetors in the phones, and get ready to go. A Boise, Idaho woman is considered a medical miracle. Laura Esterman was struck by lightning nearly a month ago, and she was considered officially dead. Thankfully, CPR from her mom revived her heart, but she laid in a coma for two weeks, and then she defied all odds and woke up. 
Well, obviously, there was a problem with that tape. She doesn't really sound like that. She doesn't remember the accident, but the evidence is clear. I am so sorry. I love QFTV. You're cool. What's up? I love QFTV. Yep. You're cool. What's QFTV? Did you say what's QFTV? Miss, you're gonna need to go over there and watch QFTV Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, right after, quite frankly. Oh, you're definitely cool. Only on quitefrankly.tv, powered by Foxhole. J-Lo's new song, Jenny from the Block, all about Lopez roots, about how she's still a neighborhood gal at heart. But folks from that street in New York, the Bronx section, sound more likely to give her a curb job than a blow job or block party. The New York Post, which, sorry about that slip up there. I have no idea how that happened, but it won't happen again. And that's your news and the G-Block as Fox reports this Monday, November the 4th, 2002. ready all right let's get down to some goodness here i'll put the number up on the, on the oh oh other thing there too i decided to extend the book raffle so pretty much anybody who sends super chats on quite frankly superchat.com and only that one that's where we draw from and keep it put all the the names into one list and it's easier i'll draw it on friday the 7th with matt here in fact i'll have him pull out the the um the name since He's part of the gift, This uh, the notes over here. So you got a couple more days. You can leave a super chat on or off air. All right. The first one up is from Maria. Listen to this. Maria says, in my hometown in West Virginia, we actually had the state fair. It was fairly large, and it was only about, uh, it, was, it was the only big event that happened in the area. So I have a ton of memories from attending. My first concert was at the state fair. Not a good one, but it still counts. However, the dangerous rides really brought back a memory. I went to some small county fair with my uncle and his family as a teenager. I was never a huge fair ride person because I thought the idea of a ride that could be taken down and put up so easily couldn't be safe. You know, you're right. You know, you're very right about that. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, there is a, there's a certain level of, like, whenever I go down to Myrtle Beach, any of the years that we went down as, a, as, as children or or even later on, and you go down Ocean Boulevard or something like that, and there's these little pop-up carnivals all over, and, and they'll say things like, uh, fun place, or fun fun and fun rides, and it's, it's so, you kind of feel weird. It makes me feel weird, because I look at it as an adult, and I see the cheapness of it. I see that it, it fits in a, I don't know, however many parking lots, it, it Oh, uh, parking spaces. I'm talking about like 12 parking spaces, small little lots that has a one of those, you know, yo-yo things that you're they're twirling people around. I, I, a, a loop, I don't know, something that goes upside down. It's just, there's only a few things. They look like they're old rides and they're only appealing to children. And I can, I almost felt like a duality or a, a dichotomy, this, 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 these conflicting feelings inside of me which i think created 
the awkwardness whenever I see things like this because I'll first see the attraction as a child and I'll be excited for it. I'll be like, I want to I go on all the rides. And then I'll look at it as an adult. And I was like, oh, oh, this is so lame. This is so lame and it doesn't look right. And oh, man, to work here, oh, the kids go on this and they have a good time. That's good for them, man. But no, I, in danger, that's the only other thing. So I know what you're talking about. It was a ride where you had a padded bar harness go over your torso inside of a cage that rocked and turned upside down as it went around like a Ferris wheel. The harness was supposed to snap down and not move as you went on the ride. Mine didn't work, and it went down, and it, but it didn't stay down. The whole ride, I had to physically hold my harness in place and pray that it didn't fling up or slide out. I held on for dear life, and thankfully there was no serious injuries other than minor muscle strain. I haven't been on a fair ride since and stand by my belief that how can a ride be safe that can be easily broken down and reinstalled? Thanks for the memories. P.S. State fairs are the best for locally raised foods from FFA. Hmm. Now, here's one. This one is from Sharon, and we'll start taking some calls as well as they're starting to creep in a little bit here. I particularly like this one. There's a lot on this thread. Sharon says, every year when I was young, let me see, I'm going to get up get up to the top again. Just want to get, make this a little bit bigger. Every year when I was young on the 4th of July, there would be a family picnic. Calumet City always had a big celebration for the 4th of July. The day would start off with a parade. Families would dress up in red, white, and blue theme. We would decorate our bicycles with streams of crepe paper. Um, we would wear Uncle Sam hats. We would be given our spot and ride in the parade along with the school bands and the convertibles carrying politicians and beauty queen contestants. Oh, that, re that reminds me of things around here, Sharon. For a while, I mean, we used to have Columbus Day parades that are like this. You remember when I showed you guys some Columbus Day parade footage from like 1993? Oh my God, you can't even mention Columbus's name anymore. After the parade, we would meet at this park uh, that had a carnival every year. I can't remember the name of it, and now it seems so long ago. My mother would make fried chicken. There were all types of salads and desserts. My grandfather would bring ice cream cups and a cooler with dry ice. It wasn't until lunch that well, it was over that we could finally go to the carnival. Aunts and uncles and grandfather would make sure everyone had a few quarters to spend as we wished. While we stayed behind to lay on the blankets and relax or sit at the picnic tables, enjoying some time with our children with, without children, playing cards there were 50 there were 16 of us cousins who would run off in different directions into the carnival area the smell of popcorn and elephant ears filled the air the colorful cotton candy spun in brilliant colors and onto paper cones the music from the rides trilled in the air and people were laughing or screaming depending on the ride there were games to play like mouse i think it was called there's a big spinning wheel with holes large enough for the mouse to run into and when uh, and, and went into when let go, you would have a series of numbers in front of you. You would put your coin on the set, and if the mouse ran into your number, you would win a prize. Hopefully not the mouse. Uh, not like today when you go to a county fair, uh, but there were batons, the glittery, uh, glittery walking sticks, chalkware, and huge stuffed animals. You can pick what you like best. But I didn't like to ride the rides, but I would get talked into one and then regret it. Once it was on a ride called the Scrambler. We had the Scrambler. Everybody had the Scrambler. That's, that's the, the ride that ultimately someone gets killed on. 
because they they jump out they jump out of the car and it keeps scrambling and then the kid stands up and gets his head smashed sad stuff you always hear the stories about that we had in playland there was a mind scrambler it's a scrambler but this one was inside of an enclosed dark space with strobes and disco lights and all that stuff and it was it was uh surrounded by mirrors so you were really you were really in a zone what zone that was i don't know but it was uh it was fun once i got older i had a bad experience when i was a little kid because it was just too confusing um, I was on a, a ride called the Scrambler. It went in circles and also individual seats would spin. You would sit down, they would come around and lock all the bars and you would hold on for dear life. I didn't enjoy that at all. We would stay at the carnival until just before dark. We knew that we had better go back to the picnic before then. Once everyone was gathered together again, we'd settle down in uh, blankets and wait for the fireworks to begin. The carnival would shut down, turn off all the lights. We knew the fireworks were about to start with patriotic music filling the air. Then you could hear that first loud boom and the sky would be filled with color. Color raining down. This was my favorite part of the day. We would go home exhausted, but happy. Wonderful. Let's take a call. What's going on, uh, Worth? Hello, R? Hello. Hello. Hey, Frank. Hey, now. You're you're still talking. Yes, I am. You got to cut that out and then you got to come over to me. A little delay there. Yes, quite a bit of a delay. So, so who am I speaking with? All I see here is R. Rob Worth. Rob, <clears throat> good to have you on, Rob. Yeah. Go right ahead. What's on your mind? So, I had two quick things. Um, the border thing, I don't understand because if you believe 9-11, based on what our government told us, we shouldn't be allowing immigrants into our country because they could be terrorists, right? <laughs> yeah, you'd, you, you'd think so. That, that would make sense. Yeah, <laughs> you'd think so. Anyway, so um, when I'm 54 and when I was growing up in the 70s, <clears throat> my mom would drop me off at my grandma's house and, or my grandparents. Um, I grew up in Indianapolis, Indiana. And uh, I don't, how, how old are you? I'm 38 now. Okay. Do, do you remember Jello Pudding Pops? Oh, yeah. They don't they still, Oh, okay. They still make them. <clears throat> Those things, those things were awesome, and and she'd like buy a box of them, and, and I'd don them all during the day, and into the night, and we'd be, I'd be drinking pop left and right, Pepsi, Coke, whatever, you know. They they just got me all sugared up to go back home, but and then at nighttime we'd watch like The Love Boat and Fantasy Island, and uh, it's just a lot of good memories back then because you just didn't have the smartphones distracting everybody like they do nowadays you know it just so just so it, fun and in particular uh, rob it was it was a summertime thing it would you have situations where you're you're inside the you're inside there are you watching it in the living room with the the windows open and a, the breeze and the moth yep. the moths coming through or uh, yeah I, I wouldn't say moths coming through but yeah definitely we had the windows were open um they actually no they they during the day or, or nighttime they'd have it open, but they they did have AC. No, oh. and my parents didn't have enough money to have AC back in the day, so I I actually enjoyed going to my grandparents' house because it, you know, it'd, it'd be cool. <laughs> so there you have but it. But I don't know. It just we, there was a Radio Shack down the road. I used to ride my bike down to go see Radio Shack and <clears throat> you know play with the cassette decks and stereos and all that stuff. And I don't know. It just it was a simpler time. It was just. Uh, 
I, I kind of miss those days. Summertime, summertime at the grandparents' house, and that—that's not so. Yeah. So Jello pudding. Oh, pops. and you'd be catching, you'd be catching fireflies in your in your glass jar with poked holes on the metal lid. You know. Um, I can't. You know, Rob. I was just talking to Lauren about this tonight before I left. I said, you know, last night as I was driving home. Um, I I noticed the first couple of it was July. Actually, no, it was on July first. I was driving home. I, I think I went out to buy ice cream for everybody, and mm-hmm. I I noticed the first lightning bugs of the year. I said, oh, oh, "Here they are!" On July first, they all showed up, and I told Lauren yeah. last night uh, tonight before I left. I said, "I can't wait until uh, Aurora has a little bit more energy in her battery to be able to see all this stuff." But she goes to bed too soon. Perhaps next year she'll see the lightning bugs, and then she gets to collect them all into a, one of those screened in jars and eventually let them out all that good stuff yeah do you have you heard that lightning bugs actually like can synchronize their flashes have well, you ever heard that i don't know i nobody's ever told me about it but i've noticed and thank you so much for the call rob i i have not uh i haven't been educated on it but i have seen it Especially when they, cl- we have. I don't know if it's for, for you guys out there too, but over here in the Northeast, especially where we are, I feel like some years we they're just they're everywhere, and then other years you barely see them. And everybody says that they're all they're on the verge of extinction, but I just see them as uh, they come and go like cyclically because there's like three years ago there was lightning bugs everywhere, and when they swarm. When they actually find each other easily uh, in the night night air, you can see them getting together, and they they find each other, and you do see that synchronizing of the lights and the blinking. But other than that, if they're also spaced out, I guess they have um, they have no. You know, they, I guess they just march to the beat of their own drum. Let's take a call from Travis. What's going on, Travis? Ooh, boom, got in again. What's up, Frank? Hey, brother. Hey, so I was like listening to it and. Um... You know how the person said, you know, you shouldn't really trust those carnival rides. Yeah. Because uh, up in like an hour or two, they'll break that shit down real quick. The other thing about that is a lot of those carnival fools, they're tweakers, bro. I'm not really trying to have no tweaker working on something and then I hop in that thing. <laughs> you know, you know, I, one time yeah. like that. No, you know, go ahead. I, I, I'm with you on a lot of that. Go ahead. Hey, because another one other thing real quick. I took my kids to this little festival we have at a church right by my house. We've been going there since we were kids. And when my kids were younger, I was like, okay, let's go do this. Let's go do that. So we took them to that thing. And you remember that ride that's like a, it looks like a pirate boat? Oh, yeah. And it just goes left and right like this, a pendulum. The sea dragon. Yeah. It's always different shapes and stuff. But, yeah, exactly. You know what I'm talking about. So I took my kids on there thinking, oh, this is an innocent little ride. Dude, that bar would not come down it maxed out to where the kids weren't even like secured and i'm like holding both kids one in my left one in my right and i'm bracing myself with one knee and then the other foot like i'm holding myself down every time it went up i'm like jesus christ dude i just want this ride to end i'm about to drop one of my fucking kids it was crazy after that i was like you know what I started thinking more about it i'm like these rides i'm i'm good on these rides i'll just go grab some food and like you know, let them play some games and stuff, but I'm good on the rides. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I love, I, I, I actually, I loved rides when I was younger. I, I would do them now. I would definitely go on some of them with, uh, with Aurora. But I, I know what you mean, and maybe it's just Dude, really the all setting. Sinners. They all just make you dizzy and want to ralph. 
the spinning things like I, I over here we had what Starship 2000 or something it was called. It was those those spinners you sit up against the wall and it just uses yeah and gravity holds you against there. gravity holds you back and you know that used to be fun for me where you okay you're being stra- you're being strapped back by gravity. There's no harnesses. There's no nothing. It's just that you're being spun. You're in a centrifuge. So at that point, you know, just trying to lift your leg is like whoa whoa I'm getting held down. Yeah, but I, I, you just wonder why the hell. And maybe there's somebody in the audience from the medical field that can tell me why at earlier times in your life, and I'm not talking developmentally in, in you know, to toddlers, because I know that there's something about toddlers where they spin and there's something in their brains that they can actually handle the dizziness better. But what happens to us as we get older where those things that used to be just such such fun, you're just, you're ready to throw up. What the hell happens? Hey, I- I think we just think too much because, like, I, was, I a, a few years back, I bought my kids skateboards, and I would take them to this little skate park down by my house, and my wife would get pissed. She's like, "No, they're gonna, you guys are gonna get hurt." One time, I had to take them both to ER. I thought they broke broke their arm on the same day. Anyway, I was like teaching them, trying to teach them how to ollie, and I'm like, "Oh, I ate it so hard," and I'm like, "Dude, we used to just drop in these things and jump off shit and not even think about it." And I think now as you're older, you're like, I can't be breaking my arm because I can't be missing work. I got bills and this, that, and the other. And yeah. I think you just overthink it when you get older, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, there's also, uh, and Travis, great call. Great, great call. And on the tweakers thing, I, I'm I, obviously it's not a uh, prerequisite for people to join up, you know, if a carnival for a summer job, seasonal job, it's not a prerequisite for you to be on meth. But there's just something about if you've worked at a carnival and you know what I mean. If you worked at a carnival, you're clean. You don't do drugs. Then you have to know what Travis means. There are a lot of people who are working these jobs that look like they have just. It might be their last, their last employment option. And it's not like a retirement thing. It seems like it's a drug thing. I I don't know. It's it's serious, um, but. There's also a certain kind of bounce that your body doesn't have anymore after 15, 16 years old. I feel like before that age, uh, if you fall, uh, you, you bounce a little bit more. There's just something like, oh, man, that hurt. You brush it off, rub some dirt on it, and you're good to go. And then it's just, it's just, I don't, I don't know what happens. I don't know what happens sleep wrong on a pillow and you're you, you need to be in a body cast all right let's take uh let's we're gonna take some more calls but for now i'm gonna go to hillbilly jimmy i saw albert that bounced into the into the summer nostalgia room over there on gilded and then he left i wish he hadn't because i want to use gilded more hillbilly jimmy he said in prison we would have a yard day we would be given tickets for corn on the cob, ice cream, and watermelon, and you can get burgers or chicken. They parked a Schwann's truck in the middle of the yard and took the Schwann's guy's keys, of course. When the gates opened, everybody in five units, approximately 1,500 prisoners, made a beeline to the Schwann's truck to get our ice cream. But from his view, he thought that we were coming for the truck. He panicked, and the COs... <laughs> Had to take the guy to the administration's building. 30 minutes later, he's back, but the Schwann's uniform was strangely odd. When they took him to the administration's building, it was so he could change because he pissed himself. They got him... 
They got him some pants from our quartermaster. He went from tan to prison blue. I guess you had to be there. No, no, that's just as that's just as awesome to read as. <laughs> Can you imagine being the ice cream truck driver? You already know. Okay, I'm going to a prison. We're gonna do a good thing. Everybody deserves a little ice cream. All right. And to have 1,500 prisoners just run at you. First of all, that's hilarious in itself. 1,500 prisoners running toward the ice cream truck. Still, at that time in life, under those circumstances, nothing sends you running to the street like the sound of good humor. You know? Oh, that's something else I had to do. I got this. Well, that'll be for another nostalgia night we have to come back to. You remember we did that 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 topic on the show, what are sounds from the past that you don't hear anymore? Well, somebody had sent me something in the mail that was such a good submission on that, and I wanted to bring it up again. But the sound of the ice cream truck, I'm sure that was brought up the first time around. Thank you so much, Hillbilly Jimmy. That was That was something else. All right, making our way over to the Gilded. I want to see if Albert hears me. Albert, do you hear me? Yeah, can you hear me? I can hear you great. Go right ahead. What's your what's your submission for the night? Well, first, did you pick up for me already? What do you mean? I mean, did you pick up the line already? Because everything blacked out on me when I picked up, or I, it, it, it seemed like you picked up. Anyways, apparently you didn't. No. Uh, but it, it my my computer ditzed out on me, and I was like, I wonder if it's just an issue with the thing. Anyways, the Firefly thing, we did our Firefly works for the company um yesterday or saturday the first i think dude there were so many fireflies and yeah they do that synchronizing thing because they were uh they were definitely trying to get some tail you know with all the fireworks going off that was a show in and of itself you know indeed talk about four go ahead yeah yeah absolutely and uh you know, as far as the carny rides and stuff like that, yeah, they they have always sucked. I mean, I don't know that they had tweakers on them and whatnot, but, I mean, if you want to talk about the Simpsons foreshadowing, what about Joe Dierte, you know what I'm saying? I mean, that yeah. should have gave you a rough idea, but you still do it because it's there, and you get the elephant ears, and the kids like it, and you just don't put them on the tilt-a-whirl or anything, you know, like Twisted or, or whatever. Um, but, yeah, the... Uh, what about the Gravitron? I haven't heard anybody talk about that. The one everybody sticks to the walls and pukes on oh, and that's what, all that. That's that that was always big fun, right? Well, we just I, I that's the exact one I just brought up with Travis. I said the uh, I, I well over Gravitron over here at Rye Playland for years it was called uh, Starship 2000 where you just sit up against you stand up against the side and then you're just spun like a centrifuge. Yeah, till you puke or whatever, or till everybody else pukes, and and then you laugh, you know, be yeah. like, dude, you don't blow chunks. I got some of that cacao chocolate. Yeah, dude, that brain power is so badass. I'm telling I'm you. just saying, if somebody hasn't had it, I was just like, wow, this is uh, this is some good stuff. I haven't I haven't done the other ones yet, but whatever but as, as far as nostalgia you know i had all the kids and stuff like that and i take them to those things and uh yeah it's just not it, it's just not like that anymore and i agree with the other caller and and yourself it's just not like that everything is just 
And, and what do you? What is somebody going to want? Like thirty bucks an hour to work on a on a carny ride now? You know, and the and because of the the falling of society, it's like and the the amount of drugs. You know, you have to keep that in mind too. You know, the government makes money on shipping drugs into the cities and whatnot. So there's so many people addicted. And what are you going to do? You know, do your best, right? Get them on the gravitron, I say. Get them all on the gravitron. Try to lift their spirits without any kind of pharmaceutical uh, assistance. You know, Albert, thank you so much for calling in because, you know, it. it, um, the call quality on Gilded is is fantastic compared to everything else. So I'm glad that we have this option back, and it's uh, it's good that you got through. What were you going to ask me the other night when I hung up? Because I was like, you know, because we're on the delay. I walked back in the house, and you're like, wait. I'm like, what, dude? I said goodbye. No, I don't remember. (laughs) Yeah, well, see, couldn't have been that important. No. Anyways, enjoy enjoy the 4th. I'm going to clean my van and uh, do a new clothesline for Lisa and everyone else. I hope you enjoy your uh, holiday. Have a great, great evening, Frank. Tell Lisa I said hello. I miss her. Definitely will. All right. We'll talk to you. See you. There you go. There is Albert. I dropped him back into the summer nostalgia room. And that is where he will be until we come back around to get him. All right. Here is another one. This is from Johnny Nada. Johnny Nada says, uh, when I was young, I always looked forward to the county fair every year. My grandparents owned a cattle ranch in southern Colorado. Very rural. It was where I spent most of my summers. The fair was a time to get together with the kids I rarely ever got to see. When I was 12 or 13, I had this friend named Tate. Country wild as I ever seen. While everyone was watching the rodeo, we'd decide to go sneak off and hang out on the midway. He had found a pint of Jack Daniels under the seat of his old man's pickup and found and figured we should drink it. I'd never had liquor before. Sounded like a good idea at the time. The rodeo came and gone and we were nowhere to be found. Hours had passed. Worried. We'd been snatched up. My mother got a hold of the sheriff. It didn't take long for him to find us passed out in a livestock barn. We were handcuffed, roughed up a little, tossed into the back of a cruiser and dropped off to our waiting parents in the parking lot. A 1970s-style ass-whooping ensued right then and there. 12 or 13, the sheriff roughed you up, and then he passed you off to your your parents for a beating? Jeez. Well, Johnny, I'm sorry to bring up such bad memories, Um, but perhaps they are coded in a silver lining now. That, 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 That tends to happen over time. Let's take another call. 561, you're on the air. Who's this? Five five six one. Yes. Hello, five six one. Hello. Hello. How are you? Who am I talking with? Well, I'd like to speak to Frank, please. You got it. One second. I'll, <laughs> I'll get him. Right I'll get you. You know. Okay. Hello. It's good to see you. You just you just wanted. Okay. To, I have a Myrtle Beach story for you. You just wanted to hear the Percy Faith move, uh, music, didn't you? <laughs> okay. Okay, I have a Myrtle Beach story. Uh, We vacationed in Ocean Drive, which was just near Myrtle Beach. But once during the vacation, we go down. And I was a little girl, maybe five years old, uh, walking with my father and my sisters. And there was a little monkey, you know, the monkey and the organ grinder. And he had uh, the little red fez on his hat, you know, the hat. And uh, he, you know, for going for quarters. So I'm walking along and... 
my, you know, I was eating my hot dog, and I said, Dad, Dad, it's the monkey. And uh, can I have a quarter for the monkey? And I, he gave me a quarter, and I walked over to the monkey, and I reached out, and he grabbed my hot dog instead of the quarter. Scared me to death. Oh, boy. <laughs> Oh, but what, what, but but that 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 must have been something that you talked about forever, though. That that's right. You can get over a hot dog if it's a monkey that took it from you. Well, you know, it's it when you're when you're five, oh, and the monkey so. grabs your hot dog. I guess so. Come on. Yeah, that's that's kind so, of. <laughs> anyway, uh, I want to wish everybody a uh, happy Fourth of July, and have a great time in spite of what's happening in the country. It's a wonderful call from you, and 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 thank you for the levity, and uh, and and thank you for the well wishes. Anything else in your mind? Just thank you again. Well, no, I, I well, I've been in a Fourth of July parade. Uh, what did you do? Sitting in a car with my sisters down here in uh, in Boca, in Florida, and a uh, big giant flag, red convertible. When I was a kid, I've been in the parade. You know, is that regular when, Americana. So when you were in that parade with your sister in Boca in Florida mm-hmm. back in the day with your mm-hmm. American flag, what were you entered? Is that just like anybody can enter their vehicle in there? Or were you with a Girl Scout troop or were you with a, a business or what was it? No, no, it was just my dad uh, was in both the Army Air Corps and the Marines oh. in different wars. And very patriotic, and he was veterans of foreign wars. And we weren't really representing anybody. He just said, hey, everybody wear red, white, and blue. Hit the flag. We're getting in the car. He had a red convertible. We got in the parade. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. It was. America was great. Yeah. I, I've never been in a parade, I don't think. Uh, maybe. Yeah. I don't think I've ever been in a in a parade, especially not for a, a national holiday or anything like that. So I'm living vicariously through you. I can actually feel the sunshine and I can hear, I can just hear the uh, the, 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 the flag just lapping behind you. So that's, yes. that's great. Yes, it was. It was fabulous. Wonderful. And those were great days. Um, you know, I grew up in the space age, you know, went to see moon launches, uh, went to see, you know, we were so much a part of Americana, and I miss those great days of America, and I hope we get them back. Yeah, well, it's going to take a little bit of work, but you know what? There's always rebirth. There is always rebirth, and, and uh, hopefully we're just taking yeah. notes, and we're, and and these are the these are the things that we're doing right now that get us through those those darker times. So thank you for again for the call, and, and uh, oh, you're so welcome. humoring me a little bit. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Frank. Uh, Bye, everybody. See ya. Yeah, there's nothing like the sound of a flag snapping in the wind, especially if it's one that um, that really stands for something good. And, um, and yeah, it's 8 o'clock. We are halfway through this Monday evening, the day before 4th of July. We'll be right back after this, and uh, I hope you're still here. In fact, help me get the word out. Get all those links that I tweeted out and truthed out and gettered out and telegrammed out, gabbed before the show. Help me get those out farther. Please, be a social media sponsor of the show. And another thing to consider is to be an actual paying sponsor of the show 
over the course of this this upcoming week. Um, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing for you to support independent media that you enjoy. Whatever it is, whatever your number ones are, your go-tos, make sure that they are able to keep going and to perform and produce at bigger and bigger levels. And you can find all the information on how to sponsor this show on the Sponsor Us page on QuiteFrankly.tv or through several links that I have provided in the description below this episode. So I will see you on the other side of this brief intermission. Don't go anywhere, please. It's intermission time, folks. Time out to press the... Oh, wait a second. Wait a second. I, I need to say something before this. You do understand, ladies and gents. You do understand one thing. Now... Uh, what does, what did we, I know that we just all suffered through all that stuff from the last month, all the, the, the pride stuff, but it is, it is July and you do understand that this is Mark Swan pride month. So enjoy the intermission that you have either been waiting for all year or dreading all year and you have 31 days. 31 days to get your fill. So <laughs> we'll be right back. It's intermission time, folks. Time out to press the like button. Thank you. Ladies and Welcome to intermission. We'll be right back. Quite frankly. 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 Quite Quite frankly. How dare you? to do still 
that is uh, now we have some super chats to get through, and then we're going to go back to your calls and have some fun with this topic. I have a couple other things I want to do here, too. I'll jump into that in a second. Let's see. I'll take this number off the screen just for a moment. Annie Oakley. Annie Oakley says, I can vouch for Carnival Tweakers. I worked OKC OK. So Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. State Fair, Taffy Stand, many years. The Carnies were some serious nut jobs. Happy Fourth to all. God bless America. That's from Annie Oakley. Um, my summer carnival, we didn't. I, I don't. I don't think I've ever been to a county fair, but I would definitely in the in the in the fall time. I'd love to do something about Renaissance fairs. But as far as local carnivals go, when I was growing up, that was a time. I mean, this 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 is all run by local church groups. And these were all of our grandparents and aunts and parents, people who were working at the schools, that were working at the churches, that were all doing bingo nights. We're talking about pizza frit. Pizza frit that was made by, by our friends' great aunts and grandparents. And they're all there. So when we were showing up at the, at the carnivals, you just smelled home cooking, home Italian cooking for one and yeah I mean the, the rides people come in but it was just the lights it was those Edison lights strung up all over the place it was the tents it was just people walking around it was seeing boys and girls that you know for me it's maybe it's the same thing for you but seeing people outside of school especially if you went to a Catholic school and or you had any kind of private school that had uniforms seeing your friends in the middle of the summertime, during those middle school, the elementary to middle to middle school years, junior high, seeing them outside of school settings, wearing their own clothes and all that stuff, it, it was something special. You're almost like seeing them in, in a setting that just, it's not, it's not the usual. And it's just exciting. And you get to, 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 to run around for a night and then... And many times, all right, well, I'll see you in a few weeks when school school begins, especially the kids that you're not talking to all the time. You have your core, but then, then there's others. I love that, especially the pizza frit. I always go for the pizza frit with the, uh, with the marinara sauce, with the red sauce. I don't want uh, I don't, the, the, the confectioner's sugar doesn't, doesn't do it for me. Doesn't do it for me, but I loved it with the sauce and the cheese good stuff and then when you start seeing less and less people you know grandparents are dying people are going uh you know they're they're working these working these groups less and less and then just new crops coming you just see it all changing and i haven't been to any of those local carnivals in over 15 years now one of those things Katie Sky says, I'm just so excited for you to experience the next couple of years with Aurora. Three and four are the cutest, most magical ages to witness in children. Their awesome little vocabularies are developing and everything to them is amazing to discover. Cherish every, I have to imagine she was going to say moment. And I promise you, Katie, I am. Um, I, everything that comes out of her mouth now. I, I, I had to, I have to... I have to record some more stuff. I'm always recording. Because all this has to be preserved some way. But I can't wait to bring her into the studio. I have to, like, maybe one of these summer Fridays. The next summer Friday I have 
is going to be July 14th. So maybe July 14th, I'll come into the studio around right after her nap and we'll do a little show and hopefully she'll sit in the chair and talk to me a little bit and won't get distracted by the cat outside. It, she'll probably get distracted by the cat and she won't want to talk to me. But uh, I got to bring her in and we have to do a little bit of a, a show and then I'll maybe I'll take her to to go ride some rides. Larkstar says, hello, Frank, please throw my name in the hat for the book. Frank really enjoyed the personal drumming on Sunday stream and the backyard updates was delightful. Happy fourth to all, Franklies. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lark. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, I sat down at the at the, the, the acoustic set. Well, the muted acoustic set on Sunday. We did some paradiddles. Did some paradiddles together. All right, over on the rumble... We've got a rant from Smalls45. I may be 50-year-old Nana. The death doesn't keep me from rocking out to your music while on my crotch rocket. What? What? Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. I may be a 50-year-old Nana, but that doesn't keep me from rocking out to your music while on my crotch rocket. Love you, Frank. Are we... Are we thinking crotch rocket? Did she just go there? Is that, is that what I think it is? <laughs> or or what? I mean, my mind it, it quickly goes to the gutter, but that that sounds like right. All right. Well, N- Nana, I enjoy yourself. It is a Monday, Monday before a holiday, so do your thing. <laughs> it's a oh, it's a motorcycle. It's a mo okay. It's a motorcycle. Got okay. Got you. <laughs> Sorry. All right, guys. All right, leave. All right, easy, easy. Okay, it's a motorcycle. I thought when I hear motorcycle, I, I I've heard rice rockets. That's for the Japanese one, the Japanese ones, the Kawasaki's, and all that. All right, I'm thinking pocket rocket. I'm thinking about all that other stuff. All right, all right, we're, it's all, it's behind us now. It's behind us. Don't judge me or anything like that. All right, it's all behind us. That was a purely innocent mistake. I just don't know where people are going anymore. I get trolled all the time. Witchy Poo 22 says, July, my favorite Mark Swan month. Thank you, Witchy. Even Mark Swan is is uh, correcting me. It's a motorcycle. Oh, and then Mark Swan also says, to be fair, they all vibrate. <laughs> so it's dual purpose. I, uh, I'm sorry. All right, let's keep going. Texas for Trump. I'm sorry, Lauren. Uh, happy 4th of July, Frank. Thank you for the great content. Blessings. Blessings to you, Texas for Trump. Robert Sarns says, attention, all Franklies and Franciscans, please purchase a ticket for Sound of Freedom. Powerful flick. Yes. Yes, please go do it. You must go do it. You have to see it. You really must. Lauren just texted me. Crotch Rocket is a motorcycle. Jeez, I feel like a real horse's patoot. I'm sorry. <laughs> Doug Simmy. Witchy Poo, thank you. Chai Possum. 
says, Happy 4th, Frank. Great shirt. Where'd you get it? Oh, I got this from uh, Genuine Patriot. I don't think that they're a company anymore. I think that's what they told me. Genuine Patriot Clothing. Go ahead and see if they have any any stockpiles still out there. Chai Possum again says, Happy 4th, Frank. Great shirt. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. Witchy says, Mark Swan, my future ex-husband. He's everybody's future ex-husband. Okay, with that out of the way, let's take some calls. 914-200-0269. And while we're... Here, here's another one for you. While we're doing this, Jim Caviezel. This is from the Gateway Pundit. Reveals what Disney told him to do with references to God in the Count of Mount Monte Cristo. Actor Jim Caviezel, a vocal Christian in the business not noted for its concerns for religion... Revealed recently what took place behind the scenes of a Disney movie. Caviezel had landed the role of Edmond Dantes in an adaptation of the Alexander Dumas novel and found himself battling Disney executives over one word, according to Newsbusters. Quote, they wanted me to remove God from all the script. True story. What happened to God? God will give me justice, he said, quoting the book. I had to say, no, I can't do this, he said. The response was vintage liberal Hollywood. Disney said, oh, you're, so you're one of those. I said, one of those what? One of those who rewrite Alexander Dumas? One of those who rewrite Shakespeare? Because that's essentially what you did, he said. So I held my ground, and by God, they backed off. Caviezel said that believers have been strong, have to be strong Christians like that, to hold the ground when you have to say we're not buying that product anymore. That includes media lies, he said. So, you know, it's very easy to support somebody like Jim Caviezel. Very easy. And what's this thing? Donald Trump, he was in Pickens, South Carolina, and out came Lindsey Graham. And he got booed mercilessly. Listen to this. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome United States Senator Lindsey Graham. Thank y'all for coming. (laughs) Now, the question is why? I've seen many people say, um, well, Donald Trump was obviously just feeding him to the dogs. Humiliation, which is, I don't buy that. And if it's not that, then again, it's just my opinion. I don't buy that because why the hell? I mean, this is. He's hated. He's hated. Now, what I would like to see from South Carolinians is to make sure he never has a job again. Stop electing this son of a bitch. But to give him any kind of time and to disrupt the energy in some way is is, is ridiculous to me, especially since the core of Donald Trump's campaign for re-election at this point has been putting the fatal blow to the deep state on the table. That's what everybody's voting for this round. And then he brings this guy out. Uh, this is weird. This is weird. Um, that, that's just very odd. So 
I would uh, I would have wanted to see war at all costs and a very 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 distinct separation from people like this but that's what we're dealing with on that end really odd move I, I didn't understand that and um, yeah all right so let's go and take a call from Donald how you doing Donald it's Melissa oh Melissa what's going on Melissa hey Frank it's one-way Mel one-way Mel what's going on so is Donald the husband yes and he's Two-way play. Oh, okay. Well, listen, you, uh, Melissa and Donald, oh, I wish you guys all the best. But go right ahead. It's great to hear from you again. Great to hear you, too. Just wanted to tell you that I live in a cute little town west of Minneapolis, uh, about 150-some years old. It is my 19th year of doing walking tacos with the whole neighborhood. Walking? Everybody comes over. Walking tacos? Walking tacos. Okay. It's Doritos, which are really bad for you. Don't tell Jay. Okay, I won't. I won't. <laughs> but once a year, it's okay, right? Um, <laughs> taco meat, lettuce, cheese, and everybody walks around in a Dorito bag. It's perfect. Did you just say everybody walks around in a Dorito bag? Eating their walking taco in a Dorito bag. <laughs> Wait a second. So how do you find a Dorito bag big enough for a human being to fit inside of it? No, no, no. It, you hold it in your hand, it's a little teeny bag, and you scoop it out of the Dorito bag and eat your taco. Oh, oh, you actually put it into the... Okay, got you. Got you. Yeah. All right. delicious. Well, you know what? But once a year, once a year. To hell with it. You know, I just had, I had uh, uh, chorizo nachos on Saturday night when Lauren, when me and Lauren and Aurora went out to, to dinner. That's what I started off with. I love these nachos. I, and, I, and I took, I, I housed the entire thing. And um, and then I went and then I jumped into the, the the New York Strip. So I had the steak waiting, but I couldn't. I, you can't say no to nachos sometimes. I and I always think about things that Jay would say if he's sitting at the table with me, and I would just. I, I, you know, sometimes I tell imaginary Jay, uh, "Stop judging me." So I know I know right. I know what you're talking about. You say Jay, talk to the hand. Yeah, <laughs> Jay, I'm I'm within I'm inside my eating window. Jay, leave me alone. <laughs> For sure. And I wanted to say to everybody in the Franklies out there, uh, happy uh, birthday, America. Uh, love you all. And, Frank, you are the best. I love you. Well, I love you and Donald. Thank you so much, Mel. Thank you for being – it's been years. So, I'm, I, yeah. you know, you're, you're, you're family like everybody else out there who's put that kind of time in. So I, I appreciate the call, and happy fourth to you. Same Love y'all. Bye-bye. All right. Be good. Be good. Hey, I don't know what we're doing tomorrow. I haven't spoken with... Uh, I've been trying to get in touch with Abe and Cody. Um, but we're going to have plenty of stuff lined up for, quite frankly, .TV. Things that you can put on in the background uh, in your house. If it's raining, it's going to be raining tomorrow. But there's going to be plenty of 4th of July-related stuff on the network tomorrow. And uh, as far as music goes... What do you think at a at an at an American barbecue, American holiday barbecue? You can just throw this in there too. What is the most appropriate thing? What would you start out with? If you have to show a sound that is undeniably American, are you going to a CCR, a Skinnerd? Are you going to a Beach Boys? Because you can make uh, you can make a good a good uh, um. Whatchamacall, argument for all of them. 
I think that 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 kind of beachy California Beach Boys sound is it really is feel good Americana sounding, and then there's nothing like CCR, and so I I can go either direction. If you're starting an American barbecue, an all American barbecue, what is the first song, the first band that you're playing on your uh, your Sonos? Call in with that too if you'd like, because we have about 45 minutes to go. All right, here's another uh, from Cats Agas. Sent this in on the thread on QuiteFrankly.tv. Said, I grew up in the 1970s and 80s in a small Midwestern uh, south town, uh, town south of Chicago, Mokina. Every year we'd have a carnival come to town at the local park for Independence Day. They had some fun games like throwing darts at balloons the strongman game and pick a ducky out of the water for a prize. There was one food trailer set up that had all the kinds of treats, the popcorn, cotton candy, corn dogs. I actually like, I like corn dogs, but I haven't had them in a while. The park's ball field also had a concession stand that was open to buy candy, etc. For rides, they had a Ferris wheel, tilt-a-whirl, octopus, kitty rides. A song I distinctly remember them playing was in the octopus rides with the B-52s, Rock Lobster. It came out in 1979, but wasn't popular at the time, but I remember it. It was re-released in 1986, and when I sang along with it at the wedding reception, my friends wondered how I knew it. I told them that I heard it back in high school at the carnival. They didn't believe me. It wasn't until years later that I was vindicated when I found out that it had, in fact, been released originally in 1979. Okay, there you go. A little B-52's history. (laughs) What do you know? Uh, Here's one from Vesper. And then we'll go to your calls. The number is now on the screen again, 914. No, that's the guest name from a long time ago. 914-200-0269. You can also jump in with me in the Cozy Gilded chat room. That's where we can play footsie. Let's go to Vesper. It says, as teenagers, a friend and I went to Dane County Fair. We got a day pass and had a great time on rides. We were there all day and had tickets to see Hart. Got to see Hart that night at the Coliseum, which was right next to the fairgrounds. It was such a hot day that we walked across the causeway to the Sheraton Hotel to escape the heat. We got in an elevator and went to the top floor to see what the view looked like. On the way back down, Anne and Nancy Wilson stepped into the elevator and chatted with us about the upcoming show. When the show started, it was still light outside, and because of the heat, the exit doors were open. I remember the light coming in, the huge screen that they had on the stage showing blue sky and clouds moving against the sky. The first song was, uh, was, uh, wait, 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 Bebel Strange. Bebel Strange? Why don't I know that one? It was a very good show. Bebel Strange. Oh, man, when we do the, the summer thread on music and movies and and concerts that's going to be fantastic let's take a call from christina what's going on christina hey frank this is uh mrs rise attire speaking oh what's going on mrs rise attire great to have you on (laughs) yeah happy independence uh time you know it's that time of year and um okay you just asked a great question and i think the first song i would play at that barbecue is Booker T. Washington, Green Onions from uh, maybe anything from like the the Sandlot soundtrack. <laughs> you know, um, that's the tequila song. Yeah. Either one of those. I always pull them out this time of year. So, and I figured you'd appreciate that. Oh, I would. Um, I would because I think that the Sandlot it, it has to be in the rotation for for Fourth of July movies. I the the Fourth of July scene yeah. 
Oh, oh, the one the one night game a year because they play it under the light of the fireworks. That is one of the most magical scenes in modern movies. It is it's it, that's it, it's just such a wonderful movie in general, especially growing up as a kid and and watching yeah. that. But that that scene is so magic. That Fourth of July scene in the Sandlot, w- wonderful. And Green Onions, I love it because my mother always loved Green Onions and and. Um, and I think that was yeah. We went to a baseball game last week, and you know, after the fireworks, we jumped in Adrian's convertible, and that was the song that I put on. And I felt like Frank should be here. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's just so American. And you, it's because of you that I have a newfound appreciation for that movie and that scene. I remember several years in a row now getting teary eyed watching that slow motion fireworks scene. But I also called to let you know that Adrian and I were right up in the front booing Lindsey Graham on behalf of all of you in that video. Oh, you were there, (laughs) were you? Yes, we were. That was a half an hour from where we live down here in Greenville, South Carolina. And uh, it that's um, Lindsay's hometown, yo. That's his his county. That's where he's from. And it was it was cringeworthy in real life. Like he almost couldn't get he didn't get a word out the entire time he was speaking. Everyone was booing, and I just was so angry to see him in person. I got like re backstabbed. I just turned my back to him, and we started getting a bunch of people around us just turn our backs to him and continue to boo. It was really intense. <laughs> well, what, 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 well, Christina, when, when he made his way off the stage and he realized that he has been completely rejected, uh, what was the chatter around the, 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 you know, the groups of people that were near you? Was anybody saying, why the hell was he invited? Yes, a lot of people were saying, why are you here? Why, what are you doing here? What are you thinking? But, you know, I think between us and the friends that we've spoken to about it and our local friends, we kind of think that if Trump wants him around, it's for a reason. And, and Trump's not stupid. Unless you believe the premise that Trump is just a dumb guy falling for the same old rhinos, I doubt that there's any chance of that really going on. And I go, okay, Trump, you want him for something? Let's see what you do with him. But I don't have to be nice to him. Yeah, you know. Um, but the locals, the locals were saying, I trusted you, backstabber, traitor, you know, treason, tribunals. It was intense, man. <laughs> oh, well, that, that, that makes me really happy. For some, I, I, I can't stand guys like that. But, you know, that's, it's interesting. Obviously, there is a, a reason for it. I just wish I knew what it was because, you know, know. You know the, uh, the theme of this entire reelection campaign has been up until this point. We need to put the death blow of a dagger uh, edge right into the throat of the deep state. So to have this guy, uh, you know, show up on stage, I'm like, all right, well, is he just being brought up to be a punching bag? Is it something else? We'll see. Christina, what a great call. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Have a great force to you and yours, the family, and all the Franklies. Thank you. And everybody, Rise Attire is on the affiliates page. Um, Go check them out. Wonderful. Yeah, Booker T. Oh, yeah. This is when the rival... This is when the rival baseball team shows up to challenge the kids at the Sandlot to a game. And they get into the shouting match. You play ball like a girl. You can't say that anymore. We all know that that is a great insult. I don't care what what age it is. Oh, man. You know, and this song, why was this song so important? Because my mother 
whenever it would come on like CBS FM, Green Onions, Booker T and the MGs, she's like, this is the first song that I was able to actually, you know, to actually understand what an instrumental was. So, you know, she said, this is an instrumental, there's no vocals. So that was foreign to me. There's, what, there's no singer? So when she, you know, when it, when it, when this say when this go along, she would say, "I like making up my own lyrics to this." So she go onions, <laughs> the green onions, you know, shit like that. And I, it was it was funny to me, and it was also just very new. What's an instrumental? And then of course, I found Metallica, and um, you get Call of the Cthulhu on on Ride the Lightning, and you had Orion on Master of Puppets and then To Live Is To Die on And Justice For All those were some great instrumentals hell yes um, here's a here's a question speaking of things you can and cannot do and say in, in, in movies anymore I don't know why this came in Frank do you think that the movie Gladiator this is from Jerry Frank, do you think that the movie Gladiator would be able to be released today? I don't know where this comes from, but uh, resoundingly, no way. Not in the current form. First of all, it's too, uh, from the top, too stable of a male figure. He's too independent. He's too strong-minded. He is too, you know, he's too much of a leader. Too much of a leader. And he doesn't need, like, the... um, he doesn't need like a, a female sidekick or, or, or whatever the hell's going on there. But um, I think that if you were to re-release a movie like Gladiator today, even Gladiator, the only one who would not be changed would be Commodus because he's a whiny, insecure white villain, male white villain. So Commodus would stay exactly the same. He might actually be even crazier. And of course, uh, oh, oh, the gay giraffes. The gay giraffes. Your giraffes, you sold me. They won't mate. They lay around all day eating. They won't mate. You sold me queer giraffes. They, they just eat all day. You sold me queer giraffes. They would need to make, they would actually need to make the giraffes the backbone of the new movie somehow. Because it wouldn't be an insult that you had sold two giraffes that won't mate and have, a, you know, pretty much give it up on, <laughs> on, uh, on a legacy. They would have to find a way to make the giraffes the gladiators at this point. They would have to be the heroes. <laughs> this little throwaway line in the movie would have to be the main theme of the show now. All right. Um, let's take a call from Lindsay. What's going on, Lindsay? Hey, Frank. It's Jack. Jack. How are you, Jack? <laughs> What's up, buddy? Uh, it's funny watching and, and thinking about Sandlot, Ray Charles, America. Oh, yes. That's the song. Yep. yep. As I'm sitting outside watching fireworks going off all around me in Florida. Yep. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. And and I I think well, didn't Ray Charles play that? Um, didn't he sing that at uh, at a, a World Series? Which World Series was that? Ray. Oh, dude. And I'm a bass. My 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 nephew played 17 years in the majors. His name is Joel Bimel. He's a lefty reliever. Where? Uh, he played for the Dodgers. He played for uh, Pittsburgh, Colorado, Washington. It was a t- he it, retired in seventeen. 
It was the 2001. It was the 2001 World Series right after 9/11. He, it was in Arizona. The Yankees were in Arizona. I mean, it, and he, yeah, yeah, and he started in Pittsburgh in 2001 now as you, a, as a starting pitcher. You hit the you hit the nail on the head, and of course that that goes with the whole the the Sandlot scene. Ray Charles in the back oh, yeah. of that, and and that's something where as as a as a kid, Jack, you know we are. You watch that, and it's it's like thrilling to watch. You you feel, oh wow, that that's so cool. I wanted I want to oh, play yeah. I want to play a night game, and I want to play it under the, the fire. Obviously, you you know, as a child, you don't realize that you're not going to get enough. You're not going to get enough light to actually play a game. Oh no! Unless you make it. (laughs) But it's the movies, and and it has you hooked, and you feel that everything is possible. And then when you watch it as a as an adult, and you remember what you felt, it's almost like that. You know, the the brings it all back, Frankie. That's it. Here we go. Yeah. That's it. Did you just light one off? Oh no, they're going nuts around here. Oh good. I was going to say. Yeah, this is America. Hey, if if somebody can call in within the next half hour and light off a firework with me on the phone, that would be great. Jack, thank you so much for the call, man. Uh, you got it, buddy. Happy 4th of July, Frank. Happy 4th of July to you, too, and I'll be waiting for you here on the 5th. Um, yeah, that's a, it's a good one. And it's just like the the dueling feelings, the conflicting feelings of going and seeing those little lots the little fun ride lots in Myrtle Beach that I was talking about in the earlier parts of the show tonight. Just holding in balance what you used to, how you would have reacted and how you see that lot as a child and as you see it as an adult. The same thing for scenes like the Sandlot. You remember the 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 wonder and the awe and the and the inspiration from those scenes in the sandlot and it's just there's something about the music you always wanted to come up to the plate when we're playing wiffle ball in the backyard or something you always wanted to come up to the plate and have just music being played you wanted it to be part of a soundtrack you wanted every at bat to be the most important thing you ever did in your life and that's the magic of storytelling it's the reason why you create dreams for children to follow into adulthood. It's so important. It really is. Um, let's see. Let's go to a couple more Super Chats. Uh, Katie Sky just sent another one in. Said, we are Skinnered CCR type of family. In the pit, there will be dogs and patties. I'll bring the, uh, and I'll bring the flag custard. Oh, that sounds good. I like custard. Going to throw everyone for a loop this year and make it with chocolate custard and Oreos instead of vanilla custard and Nilla wafers. That sounds interesting. That would throw me for a loop, too. Uh, Larkstar says, our flag is waving this year, Frank. We added the flag with the Constitution along with our uh, red, white, and blue. Double down. God bless America. And quite frankly, TV, let freedom ring. That's fantastic. Well... Very happy. Um, let's see. 925 Wild G says, Dankly, I'm going to need you to tell Mrs. Rise Attire that she has an ally in Charleston. Casey. That's from Casey. Casey Kakalaki. So there you go. 
Rise Attire needs to get together with all the Franklies in, in South Carolina. I'm telling you, I get wonderful emails from people all over the country who say that they go to a concert somewhere, they go to a, a store, and they, they bump into other Franklies, other people who watch the show in just casual conversation. And all of a sudden, there's a room full of Franklies nobody even knew. It's like, damn, I am so isolated over here. I don't bump into anybody. Nobody. I don't even bump into people I know anymore. Uh, and what else is out of here? Oh, and one more from 925 Wild G says, Rome on HBO never got on, will never get on air now. Oh, no. And you know what? I got to watch Rome again. It has been many years. That's another one that was cut short. That should have gone on for at least three more, uh, three more seasons. But I got to watch that again. All right, it's 8.34. Let's go on another really quick break. And when we return, more of your calls. I'm having a lot of fun tonight. I hope you are too. Don't go anywhere. Howdy, friend. You looking for a message board? Go to quitefrankly.tv and enter the forum. Engage with official show topic threads or start your own thread. Get signed up. It's that easy. And it's not Reddit, so don't sweat it. For the forum and then so much more, it's quitefrankly.tv. Yeehaw. Oh, pardon me, mister. But did uh, my man come over and put some of my clothes in your luggage? She. Are you going to New York? She. Are you taking flight 18? She. What's your name? Sai. Sai. My man told me you were going to visit some relatives in New York. Sai. Sister? I'm afraid to ask this next one. <laughs> What's her name? Sue. So...
the president has determined on a course of strict impartiality. A wise cause, and I concur with it. Impartiality is always partial, John. It will favor the British, as Mr. Hamilton intends it should. General Washington judges more independently than any man I ever saw. I do wonder, John, if you can be as blind to Mr. Hamilton's scheming as you seem. I am no man's puppet, Thomas. Mr. Hamilton would have us British in our economy, British in our forms of government, British, John, in all but name. He believes that man can be governed only by force and self-interest. The first is unavailable to him at present. So he appeals to our baser instincts, fear and greed. Our constitution provides a strong executive to counter just such legislative corruption as you imagine, Thomas. Our constitution has many good articles and some bad ones. I do not know yet which predominate. Well, without this government, our republic would have collapsed into anarchy long ago. With this government, I am not certain that we are a republic. He's been down in basement since it happened. Five days now. I think he's having some kind of a mental situation. You know, an episode or something. All right. Hey, you better do something. I don't want to be known as the brother-in-law of the town nutjob. I got enough problems already. Oh, shit. I got water all over myself. Okay. Let's see. Okay, uh... Moving on. So many other memories that we can go through. Oh, hold on. Here's one memory we can't, we can't go away from. It, it went around again today. One of the, the greatest... One of the greatest fireworks fails video ever. When our man Terry, when Ter couldn't get away from the cake fast enough in his wheelchair, wherever Terry is tonight and this week, I hope he knows that a nation loves him. Enjoy. Hold the hands, you go. Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Two car come. You got two car come two different ways. <laughs> Here it goes. <laughs> bag up, bag up, bag up, Terry. Put it in reverse, Terry. Put it in reverse. Oh, Lord. Oh boy, 
that never that never misses. Oh, God bless Terry. All right. What else do we have here? 841. We're doing we're doing pretty good. We're doing pretty good tonight. All right. Uh into the into the show thread we go. This is from Arias Pajamas. Said I worked at a Renaissance festival for a few summers for a few years. It lasted and it started in Massachusetts. We worked the ticket booth, but got recruited to the dunk tank. So drench a wench. Drench a wench. Mmm. Wearing costumes so that when you get dunked, your costume weighed about a hundred pounds. Also, my friend got wicked. Eye and ear. Oh, oh, a wicked. I'm sorry. I'm got a wicked. A wicked eye and ear infection from the filthy water in the wench tank and her mother freaked out. But we got to drink underage there and it was a lot of fun. And the after parties were insane because the cast were nearly all act, all crazy actors. Oh yeah. You want to go to a good party, then um then make friends with a, a thespian. But uh, it is it's a long windy rabbit hole right there. Kenny in Cleveland says, every year in my city, we'd have, uh, we have the Ribbon Rock Festival. When I was young, I remember a ride called the Magnetron or the Gravitron. There you go. It looked like a huge spaceship. You got in and leaned against these huge pads against the wall, and the ride began to spin. As it rotates, the, centrif- uh, the centrifugal force pins you to the wall. This force, along with the slant of the pads, allowed you to be completely supported by the walls without your feet touching the ground. Your stand, uh, your standard car- carnival ride, a bunch of kids floating off the ground in the mall parking lot with a full belly of overpriced pork. Those were the days. Yes, they were. I guess everybody goes to those uh, those rides. The Gravitron. Let's take a call from uh, Sand. Or, or Who's this again? I keep forgetting. Hey, Frank, it's J.S. Pop. J.S. J, wait, J.S. What'd you say? J.S. Pop. Okay. J.S. Potts. Why did I think it was Pop. something? Pop. P.O.P. P.O.P. J.S. Pop. Okay. I thought it was somebody else. Uh, anyway, but you, you call in a lot. I thought I would have your name down by now. Anyway, J.S., go right ahead. Hey, uh, I just wanted to tell you a quick uh, story that happened to me on the last 4th. But first, I want to make a comment about the music at the barbecue tomorrow. Okay. And there's so much good American music that it's hard to pick. And I love the classics, but I will probably kick it off with some ZZ Top and some uh, Aerosmith. And then i probably break up uh, in between with some... uh, Jackson Brown. Okay. So there's there's some good variety. I like that. Okay, go ahead. Noah, what's your next point? Well, uh, last 4th of July, I was in a storage unit uh, where I had my computer set up doing this little potty thing, you know, podcast thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I kept having uh, varmints coming in, so I had this cheap room I had there like squirrels and birds and uh, rabbits and possums and stuff, and I was chasing them out. Well, last 4th of July, a freaking raccoon came in, and it looked huge because it was walking on its back legs. A raccoon walked into your little podcast shed on two legs? On two legs. And I freaked out, so I grabbed this little, like, 2 $3 broom and start waving it at it 
like I usually do to shoot stuff out of there. And the damn thing grabbed the broom and started hitting me with it. Uh, this sounds like a, 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 a uh, an encounter with a cartoon. No, I'm, I'm telling you. Dude, it, it was like your country cousin came in and started hitting you with a broom or something. It was ridiculous. Man, uh, that is that is insane. I mean, it's one thing to have a big, uh, uh, you know, a, a big raccoon walk in because those things can get bigger than dogs, especially with whatever wherever the hell they've been eating. But for them to be walking in on two legs like a human being, that would be uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think we're starting to cross into nightmare territory. It's no. It was it was totally freaking me out. It was way intimidating. God. Those and those things they they look like a miniature bear. I mean, they could tear you up, you know. Trash pandas, yes, I know that's what that's what they're called around here. Probably all over the place. Trash pandas, they get that fat, yeah. fat and fluffy, especially in the winter time. Um, yeah, yeah, they live in <laughs> they live in the sewers over here. They have to adapt. They, uh, you, it's not uncommon, uh, JS, to have an entire uh, you know a, a entire brood of raccoons just crawl out of the sewer and, and walk across the street and start rummaging through people's trash. So, man, but... Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, well you know, they, they adapt. They go they go underground. Thanks for the call, man. It's great to hear from you. Okay. Good to talk to you. All right. Be well. There's J.S. Pop. J.S. More good stuff coming from the audience. I had a great time tonight. We're coming up on the end, and I'm... I'm missing it already. All right, let me go to quitefrankly.tv to see how people are doing in the chat room over there. Uh, Emmerflow says, hi, Frank. Have a great fourth. Whatever you do, I would start the party with Surfing USA. Hiya, Franklies. Okay, so you are going to the Beach Boys. I mean, good vibrations is another one. I mean, you can always go to some Mungo Jerry. How about that? <laughs> You know that this is still like in the top five, top five singles sold of all time. The only thing that has sold more than this is like Bing Crosby and and uh, Elton John, Mungo Jerry. It's like in top five. You want to talk about a song that conveys a reality that no longer exists, uh, a, a mentality, a a feeling, a culture, an easygoing culture of just chilling out. Have a drink, have a drive, go out, see what you can find. You're talking about cruising for women. If her daddy's rich, take her out for a meal. If her daddy's poor, just do what you feel. You don't have to impress anybody. I love that. I, listen, I never liked this song until a couple of years ago. And I was like, you know what? This is... Please inject me into the reality that this song is painting. Please, when the weather's fine, we go fishing or go swimming in the sea. Yeah. We're always happy. Last we live in you, that's our philosophy. That's nice. Always happy? Well, there you go. Mungo Jerry. They make sure that that is in your, your 4th of July playlist for tomorrow, too. Nobody will be upset about that. Timeless. Timeless classic. All right, what else do we have over here? Neo says, Frank, can you ask Abe to play the Sandlight tonight for Rise Attire? Uh, I don't know if he's listening right now. I would, I, I, I don't know who's listening. I hope so. If not tonight, then tomorrow. But it's Monday, so I, 
I did. Abe, are you listening? Cody, are you listening? If you're listening, then can you contact Abe? And I have to have them on on intercom or something. They should be in gilded with me at all times. That's what that's what should happen. I'll work that out with them. Joe M says, "Here you go. Thank you so much, Joe." Emmerflow says, "I want to send. I, I sent you another fireworks fail in your email. If you want to play it, unless you already did, I was late. Oh, I'll check it out. I'll make sure we get it into the 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 playlist for tomorrow." Witchy Poo, Doug Simmy, a lot from Witchy, a lot of cookies from Witchy Poo, and I appreciate appreciate you guys, one and all. All right, on. Quite frankly, superchat.com. Then we're going to go to your calls. American Girl 3 says, Hi, Frank. Favorite sounds. Kids playing ball in the street. Adults having a good time. Uh, and then summoning their kid with a distinct high-pitched whistle. Oh, I, I, I want to learn how to do that whistle. I got to do it. I love that whistle. I had several friends that were summoned by that whistle. And I... I knew I knew whose parents it was. Actually, one of my friend's moms did it better than anybody else. But um, I knew it wasn't my parents. Uh, so there you go. F- favorite instrumentals, Chase by Giorgio Moroder. Honky Tonk 1 and 2 by Bill Doggett and Orion, my son's namesake, by Metallica. Orion is fantastic. In fact, now I want to go on the drums over there in the other room and uh, and and play Orion. That's what I'll do. All right, let's go to one or two more, and then we're done. Six two zero, you're on the air. Hey Frank, who's this? Man, I this is Shannon, man from Kansas. What's going on, Shannon? Good to have you on. Go ahead. Hey, hey, it's good to good to talk to you. Um, uh, I. Man, I'll tell you what. Honestly, frankly, Frank, yeah. I uh, I kind of uh, lost my train of thought here. Oh, it's okay. But um, you you want me to jog uh, it? Could you could you, could you uh, jog throw somebody in front of me? No, 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 no. Let's let's jog this together because we're running out of time, and I'm really interested in what you have to say. So we've been talking. Okay, about... okay. Let... Why? Go go ahead. We've been talking. You just tell me if anything pops up for you. We've been talking about summer carnivals, summer feelings, people, yeah. music. Okay. When, when I was growing up, we had a, uh, a a little town in southwest Kansas, and uh, they, uh, they, I mean, we're talking like two to three thousand people, and this is the county seat of of the county. You know, there's 105 counties in Kansas. This is one of the county seats. There's, 100, there's uh, 2,000 people. And, and today, it's actually, I apologize for this background noise. Hold on a second. Um, I, 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 um, I, uh, man, I, I apologize for my rudeness. It's okay. Um, uh, we, we, this little town in southwest Kansas, 3,000 people. Uh, enough people got together and they started buying carnival rides. They they uh, bought a Tilt-A-Whirl was the very first one. Remember the Tilt-A-Whirl, Frank? Oh, yeah. That was the best, you know? And uh, the the old farmer that ran that, he was so good at it. He could hit the throttle 
and um and i mean he would he would like pick out one of those one of one of you guys on this tilted world he'd pick out one of you and and he'd hit that throttle and uh just wing you around and get you spinning so fast you know that you'd puke and uh he was so good at it and uh it was just so nice because it was all in the every, every town had you know not every town but a lot of towns had these you know, we didn't have to have the carnies come in. Well, but, let, me, let me ask you. God damn. It's one. Well, I, I think the, the convenience of having the carnies come in is because there's this idea that in the time between when uh, in the time between where you are not using any of these rides that they are going to be maintained by professionals and if a town starts investing in tilt-a-whirls and and scramblers and all that stuff and it's just equipment that they have on at the town they also have to take on the added cost of maintenance and all that where you would hope that that would be outsourced to the the the, the traveling carnival people and and as we know from youtube and live leak uh there are a great many rides out there that have not been inspected since the early 80s but let me ask you this um do you find is is are things different where you are now or or has it maintained that 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 coziness that you remember okay frank um, I'm, I'm going to answer a couple of questions there. Uh, first of all, the, uh, make, the whatever, ride, whatever you do, make them make them really, really concise because we are running are, out of time. We, okay, okay. The uh, the rides were owned by individual people. Um, there was also uh, roller coasters, uh, Ferris wheels that were built by farmers um, that that maintained them. Um, the uh, Tilt the World was a, a a ride that one farmer found and, and a bunch of farmers came in together and they bought it and just to keep the county fair going, you know, so they wouldn't have to pay for a carnival to come in. Um, uh, as far as the, uh, what, what was your second question? My question, Frank, my sorry. question was, has it changed? If so, just, say, oh, just say, if, if so, then say uh, yes or no. Frank, it, it is, uh, it has changed. Uh, the things in the Midwest are are, are still the same socially, I, I believe. Um, I, I think um, I, I think more people are becoming aware. Or I, I'm, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say I do know that more people are becoming aware of of politics and and how they affect us, and um, and and they're they're they they've become more aware of you know, the mainstream media, you know, the fake news, like Trump said, you know, fake news, you know, and, and they, and they, they, they realize it because that is the truth. Well, you know, I, I, and, I think you, I think you, you bring up some, and thank you so much for the call. I hope you have a wonderful 4th of July. Have a good one. Um, I have to wrap up here now. I think that the, the real question that has been bugging me or that I wanted to ask that perhaps we'll save for another night. Cause it's a bigger question is, is there anybody is there any place in this country that has remained unchanged? Now, I don't know how you can remain unchanged as the years go by, as technology brings us closer and closer together, as news is then tailored to, to apply to everybody, whether it be a big city or a small town, and all that news is designed to influence the way that you see reality, the way you look at your neighbors. I wonder about that. 
You know, I, I know that some some states, some regions, they have a lot better culture and they've kept it together better than others. But is it all? I would love to hear from people who say, Frank, this town was cozy, family centric when I was growing up. And now the only thing that has changed is that we are the older generation. Our parents are around, but now everybody's children are playing together in the same way. I would love to hear stories about towns who have kept that together. Because uh, it's not like that over here, unfortunately. And we had really wonderful childhood, really vibrant neighborhoods. And I, I would just like to hear from some people that say, hey, th that, that is reality here. And I think we'll keep that in mind for another call, for another topic one night. Because I would obviously want to have a, at least an hour and a half for that to simmer and percolate and allow people to call in or get onto the 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 gilded or one thing or another. So that's nice. That's nice. And I and I understand that change always happens. You know, one generation gives way to the other. Uh, we learn new things. Society uncovers new things. There are new threats. Uh, how you deal with those threats are another set of choices and another another set of variables. You know, are, are you going to be consumed by them? Are you going to stand firm? Are you going to bend? I mean, there's so many variables. But I, I wonder if the, the spirit, the general spirit, has been maintained in some places where it's just a new generation has come up, but the old generations are still revered, and they have kept it all together, and there's a really wonderful local culture that's intact. I, uh, I would love to hear about that because I would love to live vicariously through you for an evening. As I've done many times in this show's history all right that's it maybe i'll go live from my ipad to have a cigar with you at some point over the next uh, couple of hours and you know we will be here again on wednesday july 5th uh in the meantime quite frankly tv it's going to be set up for you for the evening for monday i don't know what they have set up there but i will be in the chat room before you know it and we'll all have a good time Thank you one and all for the calls, for the entries. Please become a bigger part of the forum on quitefrankly.tv. As you can see on nights like tonight, it is pivotal for doing our own thing, for closing the door and leaving the world outside. That's what it's really all about. And, uh, and thank you. Now, as we make our way into the, the end here, we are going to spend a little bit of time with the Kentucky All-State Choir. I love playing this every year. This one is from 2019. It's particularly beautiful um, performance. The, the Kentucky All-State Choir, whenever they get together, I don't know the, the full background, but they close out this evening together at least once a year inside of the hotel of the, the, the lobbies of a hotel, big honeycomb kind of hotel. And the, the ambiance and the... I would say the acoustics, I should say, that are captured inside of this hotel are just beautiful. And the fact that it's 2019, right before the world really was um, changed in uh, in ways that uh, that that will never, will I mean, we can't go back. It is a, a little haunting, but also beautiful at the same time. And I always have hope, and this 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 audience is a big part of the reason why. So I'll see you on Wednesday. Enjoy your fourth and be well.
catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is filmed before a live studio audience, and now our super chatters American Girl 3, Katie Sky, Larkstar, Annie Oakley, Katie Sky, Larkstar again, and then all of our wonderful friends on Rumble. Thank you so much, everybody. 925 Wild and uh, Smalls 45. Until Wednesday, enjoy your fourth. You're a kitty cat? You're Tom. Hello. I'm a kitty cat as well. <laughs>